4: Happy Halloween, everybody listening to The Breakdown right now. Thank you all so very much for joining me today on the program. It is All Hallows' Eve. Or for some of the folks that uh, have paid attention to the Reformation and the Christian history of this day, it's also Reformation Day, the day where Martin Luther hammered the 95 Theses Against the Wall of Wittenberg to proclaim the Protestant Reformation and to give us, well... He can be considered to blame for most of the stuff that's going on in a lot of the crazy evangelical stuff that's happening nowadays, but he can also be given a great amount of credit for taking a stand to the Word of God and the preaching of the true gospel of Jesus Christ. So we are grateful uh, that he, in fact, did those things and very grateful about the fact that we have religious freedom and we can separate ourselves from those people that would seek to obscure the gospel, I should say. So uh, again, folks, thank you all very much for joining me on the program today. Uh, you can get more of the program if you simply go to BreakDRadio.com. You can also check us out by going to Facebook.com forward slash BreakDRadio at Twitter as well. You can check out the show on Parlor, MeWe, and Gab. Now, I re- just this week, I actually started a MeWe group. So if you go to group, there's a, a chat that you can listen to there. Uh, or I'm sorry, not a listen to, but a chat in, in which you can be involved about the show and discuss various aspects of the program there and all the content that we discuss on the show as well. So go there. MeWe is one of those places where there's a lot of freedom. I've talked about MeWe a lot. I like it a lot. Uh, Parler was good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I dig Parler. But what I really like about MeWe is that uh, a lot of it, it's very similar to Facebook in a way. You know, and a lot of us are used to that type of Facebook platform and layout. Uh, it's similar to that in a lot of ways. And really, it was the my first foray foray into any alternative uh, social media Sites. And think about that, though. You even have to say a social media site is an alternative. Like, you know, there's mainstream social media sites and then there's alternative social media sites. How about there's just social media sites? It's the first foray I left or I went to uh, when I left Facebook and uh, ventured over into that. I heard a lot of Christians were going over there. I tried one called Social Cross. Uh, but uh, I, I forgot my password to Social Cross and I can't seem to get myself uh, reinstated over there. I don't know if I, somebody tell me, is it, is it still in operation? If you know what it is, Social Cross was the Christian uh, uh, network, the, uh, the Christian response to Facebook it came out I, I maybe six years ago maybe something like that uh, I can't remember uh, exactly uh, but uh, it, it did not I cannot remember my password to get into there and I don't have the email that I had when I originally signed up for that which is a good idea to have the same email if you're going to be Uh, You know, having multiple signups and multiple accounts, et cetera. Uh, But anyway, uh, enough about my Facebook stuff over there. We're going to go ahead and get into a show today, jam-packed today on Halloween. We're going to be talking about Halloween in just a little bit, uh, uh, either this hour or next hour, but I'd like to get into that. And, of course, the world-famous Whiskey Tango Foxtrot is coming up, so stay tuned for the craziness going on in the world there. Right now, we're going to chum the waters uh, by plumbing the depths of the Internet's most fascinating accounts of this crazy world. And we're going to go to a Rutgers professor this week. A Rutgers professor uh, that is rather violent, rather vehement. This is a bit of a longer clip than what we normally tackle at the beginning of the show, but I th- this is some very important topics we need to cover. So uh, I'm uh, I'm not I'm not I'm going to try to play the majority of this clip. It's about five minutes, but I'm gonna I'm not going to play it all at one time. I'm going to be commenting and adding commentary while we do it, whilst it is going on. Uh, but the crux of this video is a very angry woman named Dr. Brittany Cooper, she's a professor of Rutgers Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies Department uh, that goes by the Twitter moniker Professor Crunk. She appeared on a September YouTube interview with writer Michael Harriet of The Root to discuss critical race theory and recent attempts to oppose it being taught in elementary and high schools. Now, many Christians, just to throw this out there, a lot of Christians have decided that uh, the uh, uh, critical race theory is potentially good and a lot of folks are saying well you know there is a lot of bad white history out there and you know white people have done some evil things over the years so so teaching this aspect of history is a good thing i don't i, I i'm all for that when you read the bible the bible teaches every bit every bit of horrible thing that was done by kings and righteous people and it presents to you the truth of unencumbered unadulterated boom that's one of the that's one of the many reasons we know that the scripture is the Word of God because it doesn't hide any of those things it doesn't attempt to 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 make it look like all of the heroes that we look up to were, were perfect it doesn't make it it doesn't attempt to to make it seem as though, there were uh that once they came to Christ in the New Testament or once they uh, devoted themselves to God in the Old Testament that they did everything perfect it doesn't do that that shows us that the Word of God is it's a valid proof of that because the Word of God doesn't lie it doesn't cover up as a matter of fact it talks about cover-ups and then reveals them in the truth okay but I, I digress I start talking about the Bible it's like me talking about my kids but we're gonna be talking about the bible Anyway, so stay tuned for that. So Dr. Brittany Cooper is talking about critical race theory and she's saying so she's saying that that needs to be taught because it shows the, the real history of the United States of America. I'm all for the real history. I'm all for the real history. What I'm not all for is redoing the world history, the United States history and making it seem like it was built upon just evil white people. Because that's not the case. She had an outburst here on the program uh, that she was on Roots. So I'm going to get to that here. We're going to start that before the, our first break. Uh, we'll get as much into it as we can and then follow up on the other side of it. But here we go. Here is uh, the Professor Crunk uh, talking on a program uh, called The Root back in September. She'll be talking in just a moment. As the video boots and lets us know when it's ready, you know, working with, but, but these, these folks that will talk like this, what you're about to hear from, uh, from, uh, Professor Krunk is, is there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of vitriol. There's a lot of upset people who are disgruntled, who are angry because they are ready for their retribution and what they feel is their proper payout and what is due for them. I
3: think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate, right?
4: Okay, did you hear that? That's, That's the first thing she said, just to make sure you caught that here. I'm going to play it again.
3: I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate, right?
4: So white people are committed to being the villains in the aggregate. We're committed to being the villains. So there's there's no other way that we can be. There's, there's we we are committed there. We are now. It's it's not just that we're trying to present history true. It's not that we're trying to say yeah we screwed up and there were some horrible things that people who happened to be white did. Now we are committed to being the villains in the aggregate is what she's saying. So that that she's saying everybody, every the the, the mass of white people out there are committed to being the villains.
3: Right. The real sort of issue here, and I, you know, I've heard people sort of say it is one, I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know, right, what they have done. They know. They fear that there is no other way to be human but the way in which they are human, which is to, so, you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you you really want to have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, you know, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done the same thing, right? And it's like, no, that's what white humans did. White human beings thought there's oh a world gosh. here and we own it. Prior to them, black and brown people have been sailing across oceans, interacting with each other for centuries without total subjugation, domination and colonialism.
4: Right? So so, the, so there you go. So the, so the first part of this, we're 50 seconds into this. We learn that white people are committed to being villains. We're also we also learned that white people. In themselves, just the nature, just the makeup of the white person, not of black people, not of brown people, not of people of color, the the makeup, the genetic moral makeup of the white person is to dominate, subjugate, control and spread colonialism. She she goes on here to say, and, and and we'll hear it when we finish up some of this clip here. Uh, she, she goes on here to to reveal her more. You know what? I, I think I have time to get into that. Let's go ahead and play it. Uh, she so she reveals her moral hand.
3: I have seen uh, what a what a show this iteration of treatment of, of other human beings means, and that my hope is that we would do it differently you know in the moments when we have some power
4: so she's saying here that she hopes that if black people had some form of power she hopes that they would do it differently but here's the the thing professor crunk crunkster Krunksteister, you would do the exact same thing why because you are humans just like white people are humans we don't care what you stick where but we're not paying for it Comprende Mojo 5.0. Let's face it, trying to build your own website can be a frustrating task, but you can't have a company, church, nonprofit, or business without a web presence. That's where SiteFX comes in. SiteFX provides complete website creation from a simple blog style to template-based sites. SiteFX can even give you absolute customization services, bringing your vision to digital life. Even if you already have a website, there's always room for growth. SiteFX has 15 years of experience staying in tune with the current web trends, add-ons, designs, and coding updates. SideFX even offers comprehensive social media management to assist with your difficult schedule. Don't spend another valuable minute worrying about your web presence. Let SiteFX help you take your business to the next level. Visit them on the web at That's sitefx.org. That's S-I-T-E-F-X dot org. Or call 859-905-0016. That's 859-905-0016. 859-905-0016. SiteFX, your life with an electronic edge. So white people are inherently evil. We're committed to being the villains in the aggregate, the mass of us, the totality of white people. We're committed to being uh, evil. Black people and brown people and people of color have have sailed back and forth across to countries and various nations for generations. And they've not done the things that white people have done. She's saying that black people and people of color are morally superior to white people. This is Racism 101. It is Racism 101. This is no different than if I were... This is a microaggression. Only it's, a, it's, it's, like, it's like a macroaggression. Yeah, this is the this is the display of the anger that comes from somebody who doesn't understand the human nature of people. white folks, white people were not the only people to ever own slaves in the history of mankind. It started in West Africa and slaves were sold from West Africa by west Africans. The first people to buy slaves were Portuguese people those aren't people of color those are actually. I'm sorry. Those aren't white people. Those are actually people of color. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! But you, you watch, watch the trajectory of what she's saying here. White people are inherently evil. White people are inherently bad. They, she said here, that if even if they were in control, or when they are in control, they're not going to do things perfectly. She's already admitted that. But we, she, she hopes that they would not respond the way that white people did. Let's listen to that again
3: treatment of, of other human beings means and that my hope is that we with well, each other right for centuries without total subjugation domination and colonialism right. we have seen uh, what a what a show this iteration of treatment of, of other human beings means and that my hope is that we would do it differently you know in the moments when we have some power we will not do it perfectly but i do think that all of us can sort of agree that a politics that says like there are superior and inferior human beings just isn't the way to go
0: with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere
4: people actually listen to what they talk about i wonder if they've listened to the words that come out of their mouths because what she just said there is that every other person that has additional melatonin in their skin every other person that is of darker complexion in their skin i'm sorry melanin in their skin is morally superior to white people she's saying that She's saying that white people spread colonialism, they spread hate, they spread violence. They would do it differently. They, they hope that they would do it differently because, you know, a, a class, uh, a, a politic that says one people group is better than another people group is, is not good. But, but Professor Krunken and Fickenmiker, whatever it is, Professor Krunk, you're saying those words. You are saying that you are better than someone else. This is racism. If you have never heard a classic racism, do you know what this stuff here does? This is the exact way that the KKK starts. Because when the KK, now don't get me wrong, we did not do black people right in this country. We did not. The subjugation of black people in chattel slavery, we did not do it right here in this country. Now, that doesn't absolve, just because it started in West Africa by West Africans selling their own people to nations around the world, and just because the Portuguese actually took them over to Brazil and sold them to other people of color for picking coffee and tobacco and other types of agriculture, just because the, the majority of that was going on by people of color, by brown people, by people who had a different skin color, that doesn't absolve us here in the United States of America for the sins that we committed. It does not but this is how not no not not but that does not absolve us new statement what she is saying here the conversation that she is having what she is speaking in this video the anger the vitriol that she has right here the words that she's saying this is how the kkk was started because the KKK started seeing that black people were getting rights and black people were able to read and black people were able to use water fountains and black people were starting to advance on their own personal rights and freedoms and liberties. And then they started talking about how the black person is going to destroy the culture and they're going to tear everything up and they're going to take our women. They're going to rape our women. They're going to take our jobs. All of those things were started by the KKK as the exact same thing. That's the thought process because you have to build up the hatred towards another group of people so that you can have a groundswell. You blame another people group for your problems because the only way that you can join together unfortunately easily is through hate you've got to present a doctrine of hatred a doctrine of disgust a doctrine of vitriol because if you can find someone to blame for all of your problems then you're going to be able to recruit other people that will hate them just the same. Now, I don't want to go on uh, anymore in this clip right now because I do want to address something that she says. You know, you can talk about society. You can talk about the politics in the United States of America. You can talk about the, uh, the political system around the world. You can talk about apartheid. You can talk about all those things. But here's what I, when she slides over from her academia, which honestly is being done wrong because it doesn't start with the foundation of Jesus Christ. It doesn't start with a knowledge of God. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. That's not where she starts, but I would like to point out when she pulls this up and she decides that she wants to put this into the realm of the moral. That's where we now have the complete domination of information. Because, and we talked about this last week. As a matter of fact, you know, I'm I'm, I'm talking about doing a Bible study. So people reached out to me about that this week. I'm working on the process. It's, it's a little bit. I want to have a few of these Bible studies under my belt and then start broadcasting them. But keep an eye on MeWe, Parlor or MeWe and Gab, I'm starting to use Gab more too, MeWe, Gab and Facebook and Twitter so you can get an idea of when they are going to start. Last week, I talked about Romans chapter 1 and we did a little bit of an expository, uh, a quick expository hit on some of the passages in Romans chapter 1 talking about the depravity of man and how God has taken man and he has set them over to a reprobate mind because no longer do they want to do the things that honor him and glorify him. They want to move and do their own desires and commit their own sins as deeply and as vehemently As possible and as much and often as possible. What she loses here, what she loses sight of, is she takes this to a moral argument and she says that white people, villains in the aggregate, black people better. She says, I would hope that if we're in this position, we would actually do things differently and respond differently. I would submit that if it was black, brown, white, yellow, whatever color it's going to be, it's not going to respond, it's not going to be a different response. First off, she's going into it with anger. She's going into it with vitriol. She's going into it with complete with a complete wrong attitude because what they want to do is they want to shut the white person down they want to keep us in subjugation rather than any other people group being in subjugation and then what our freedom of speech our rights though our contribution to the conversation is going to be considered diminished it's not going to be considered a legitimate part of their conversation because she's already setting the scales she's already tipping the scales to turn this into a race war against white people in Romans chapter three, maybe I should do. Comment in the comment section below. Send me an email, Break D at, at protonmail dot com, or even uh, shoot me a message on Facebook or any of those other places. There, go to the MeWe, the new uh, Breakdown with Aaron Barker group, and put in there if you would like to do this. Let me know. Uh, would you like me to do a Bible study? Uh, where would you like me to start my Bible study if I were to do that? I have an idea of a book. I don't want to. I don't want to deter anybody or, or suggest anything to anyone, but. I have an idea of where I want to start, but this is the second week in a row that I'm doing two separate passages of Romans. So if that's something you want to hear, let me know. If not, drop in the comment section or email me what you would like to hear me do uh, uh, a Bible study on. So Romans chapter three, we we've started in Romans. Paul starts in Romans chapter one, telling us that everybody's uh, the, the the sinful desires of man, the things that are clearly seen, the invisible attributes of God are shown through the creation, and people see that, but they still fight against the fact that God exists. In Romans chapter two, we're going to move past that because we got to get to three. But Romans chapter two, we we see how people that are not Christians that do things that are that seemingly are right or act according to their conscience shows us that the law of god is written on the hearts because the conscience of a person who is sinful bears witness that their thoughts actually do the things that god uh, can, uh, has laid out as right because he has written the uh, written the law of god on the conscience of them that's another proof that we know people know that god exists in romans chapter 3 it says here that what advantage hath the Jew or what profit is there of circumcision, much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make faith uh, make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, Thou that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of god what shall we say is god unrighteous to take a vengeance i speak as a man god forbid for then how shall god judge the world for if the truth of god hath more abounded through my lie into his glory why yet am i also judged as a sinner and not rather as we be slanderously reported as some affirm that we say let us do evil that we may come whose damnation is just what then are we better than they no In no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith unto the them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before god therefore by the deeds of the law shall there no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law comes the knowledge of for by the law is the knowledge of sin that tells us that professor Crunk here doesn't understand human nature she like the the kkk members of old she, like the racists of old, she, like the Nazis of old, she's a black Nazi is what she is, she, like those Nazis of old, is doing the exact same thing. She is completely ignoring the fact that she is a human being created in the image of God. White people are human beings created in the image of God. And the passage that we just read shows us that there is none who does good, no, not One, We are all gone astray. We are all sinners. We have all broken the law of God. We all desire our own lusts. We all want what we want. And you could put black people in charge. You can put brown people in charge. You could put people of color in charge. You could put white people in charge. You could put alien race in charge. It doesn't matter who you put in charge. They are going to follow their own desires, their own lusts. And it's going to turn into a major, as she put it, S-show. Because sin will reign in the hearts of mortal men until Jesus Christ comes back. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about this and more right here on The Breakdown. questions that get you kicked out of Bible studies and sent to therapy. You're listening to The Breakdown. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them, I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org,
2: m25m.org. Fast-track student loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395, 800-709-4395, 800-709-4395, 800-709-4395.
0: Why have thousands of aspiring authors teamed up with Christian Faith Publishing to publish their book? Because Christian Faith Publishing is an author-friendly publisher who understands that your labor is more than just a book. We provide authors freedom and flexibility throughout the publishing process, professional book editing, award-winning design, and some of the highest royalty structures in the publishing industry. And as always, you will retain 100% of the rights to your book. I was
1: looking to find a company that I could trust, one that assisted in the editing process completely. The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who was honest and upfront, no hidden costs or fees, and owning the rights to my own work.
0: Christian Faith Publishing will publish, market, and sell your books in all major bookstores, online booksellers, as well as specialty Christian bookstores. Call for your free author submission 800-978-4812. 800-978-4812. 800-978-4812.
1: That's 800-978-4812.
0: What would it take for you to go to mojo50solar.com? Mojo50Solar.com is the place where you can find out just how much it will cost you to have a solar system installed at your house and how much you could save. Mojo50Solar.com. I think that
3: white people... Forging along
4: right here on The Breakdown, everybody. Thank you so very much for staying with us as we continue to expound the truth and continue to expound the word of God in relationship to the culture today and how it is impacted and how we see the gospel applying to the work today. Now, I, 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 wanna, I don't want to skip over something because the headline of the story that we were just talking about with Professor Crunk, the angry black woman from uh, Rutgers University, who was saying that everybody else on the world except for brown people and, and uh, black people and people of color, uh, i.e. white people, everyone, uh, are, is evil except for them. Uh, I, I would like to just go on and it was just a couple more clips of this and talk just a little bit more about this. Um, I, it is, it is necessary for us to get a grasp on the types of lofty arguments that they attempt to make against us. Um, because if we allow this type of CRT, this type of, um, critical race theory, and every type of lie that is coming out, then we're in. We're going to end up in a position where we have no authority at all to speak power. And I'm not talking about authority over people to subjugate anybody at all. Uh, what I what I am talking about is authority to be able to speak or be a part of the conversation. Because we're we're slowly being removed from that. We're slowly being removed from any influence that we have. And here's a, here's another scripture I want to throw out at you real quick because. The breakdown. I, I I use this term, the breakdown. It started as me using the term breakdown, where I was breaking down uh, news stories, viral news stories, and information, and then uh, breaking it down to its to its uh, basic teachings, and then showing how the gospel applies to that. So I'm uh, I. I, as I was thinking more about this, though, I was like, you know, there's got to be really cool scripture, I'm sure. But I, in the, in the. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra
5: bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil.
4: In Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten, verses five through seven, it says, "But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness." Now these are examples. Wait a second, I'm in the wrong. I'm in First Corinthians, not Second Corinthians. Just a minute. Five. Second Corinthians ten, five through seven. Just a moment here. 10 Corinthians ten, five through seven. I know where it is. Seven, eight, nine. It's right after nine, right before eleven. Uh, it says here in verse five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled, do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trust in himself that he is Christ's, let him of himself think this again. That is, as he is Christ's, even so we are we Christ's casting down imaginations we're breaking down imaginations and everything every high thing that exalted 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 itself against the knowledge of god and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ that's where crt needs to be needs to find itself christians need to critically look at critical race theory we need to critically listen to the presentations of people like this so that we can break down these these walls now in in this case it's not so much breaking it down to explain it it's breaking it down to where we're destroying it think about that casting down imaginations the the connotation there that the passage is telling us that we destroy those things that tries to exalt itself against the workings of god when you have a group of people i don't care what color they are when they begin to tell us that they are better than us or they would do better than us, simply because of our skin pigmentation, that is a lofty imagination exalting itself against the gospel of of Christ. And it's our job to cast that down, to break it down like we were destroying an argument coming before God. And we have to do that. We have to show that this is completely antithetical to the gospel. There is nothing that this woman is saying here that is that is godly. There is nothing that she is saying here that is full of grace. There is nothing she is saying here that is full of truth. And it's not because she's black. It's because the words she is saying are full of hate. They're full of violence. They're full of anger. They're full of destruction. If you don't believe me, the whole purpose that this article, well, one of the reasons this article became so popular was this headline right here. Listen to what she says here in this conversation that took place with The Root.
3: Centuries without total subjugation, domination and colonialism. We have seen uh, what a what a show this iteration of the world.
4: Hold on, just a second. Days
3: about white people. But like we can't say that or you are dominated right and isn't it sad that 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 is spiritually who they are and that they can't imagine of they're spiritually who they are but sort a of more expansive notion of the world the thing i want to say to you is we got to take these motherfuckers out but i know but like we can't say that right
4: what i want to say to you is we got to take these mother effers out That's what she wants to say. She opened up her heart and revealed to us. Now, folks, it does not take an advanced Christian theology professor to say that that is evil. It does not take a pastor of 30, 40 years. It doesn't take a student of the scriptures who has studied 100,000 hours in their lifetime. It doesn't take someone who is a theologian or a Sunday school teacher. It doesn't take a biblical counselor. You hear that. You hear this violence that she's saying. And we know that is evil. Because if you hate your brother, it's the same as murder. She is Not she's not only spiritually talking about murder, she's not only talking metaphorically about murder, she is talking physically removing the mother effers, the white people, so that they can be destroyed. We need to break down that argument. We need to break down that that imagination. That loftiness that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. That's what we have to do. I pray this woman comes to the knowledge of Jesus Christ because of her anger, because of her vitriol. She has to know that, that if she does not forgive, God will not forgive her. If she does not forgive the, the, the white man for what she says that they have done, then, folks, this year, it, it, it's, it, this is going to be our future. This is what we're going to be looking at. She says that whiteness also is an inconvenient interruption in the history of the world and claim that black societies were being brilliant and libraries and inventions and vibrant notions of humanity and cross cultural exchange long before white people showed up being raggedy and violent and terrible and trying to take everything from everybody now folks let me ask you this question if i were to come on this program if i were to come on the breakdown here on mojo 50 and if I were to broadcast this as a uh, as a uh, uh, an aggregate podcast and I were and you were listening to this and you heard me say that white people were brilliant they were building libraries and inventions and vibrant notions of humanity and cross cultural exchange long before black people showed up being raggedy and violent and terrible and trying to take everything from everybody and that blackness was an inconvenient interruption to the world, and to humanity. What would you say? You would call me a racist, and rightly so. You would say that I hate somebody because of the color of their skin. And I would be canceled. I would be canceled from Mojo. I would be removed from podcasts. I would be removed from Facebook. I I hope to the goodness of God that I would have church discipline exercised on me for being racist and bigoted. But yet this woman can come on here and say these things about white people, and it's not considered racism. She says, and her other ilk say, That because white or because black people don't have a, an assumed sense of power, because they don't have the ability to actually exercise these things, then that somehow uh, negates their ability to be racist. They can't hate people. They can't be racist because racism denotes the ability to exert your power on someone else. But I digress. I have to say. You do have the power because I don't have the freedom. Not that I would want to. Not that I believe that. I believe that what she's saying is evil. I believe what she's saying is disgusting. And I don't care what nationality she were to say it about. I believe that they do have the power now. They have the power that we don't have because they can use words and they can make statements that we're not allowed to make and they're allowed to continue to move. But if we proclaim the beautiful, glorious gospel of Jesus Christ over homosexuality, over transgenderism, over hate and over violence, we are told that we are the ones who are the, the 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 troublemakers and the ones who are trying to destroy humanity. Why does she get away with it and we don't? Because they have the power.
1: The greatest living collection of freedom fundamentalists, Mojo 5
6: At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romika Designs, and if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com.
1: Every Mojo
4: 50 show is available on demand at Mojo50.com. And just so you all know, just so there's no confusion whatsoever, I do not believe that about one person on this earth. I do not believe that one person on this planet has or one nationality on this planet has come across as an interruption in humanity, as a mutation, as a virus. Of humanity and destroyed the trajectory of where we're going i don't believe that i believe that god created every single person on this planet in his own image he created them imago Dei. he said let us make man in our own image and that is a trinitarian passage for those who'd like to fight me about that he said let us make man in our own image and he made them in his image and it is those it is those people that he created those nationalities that came from god those are the nationalities that are beautiful and lovely those are the nationalities who who embrace and embody different aspects and different uh, attributes of god's glorious creation this woman here is made in the in in the uh, in the image of god i wish no violence against her I want her to come to the true knowledge of Jesus Christ so that she lays aside the hatred and the anger that she feels for other people. That's what I would want. I want to see her come to an, and embrace the knowledge of God, because then she'll see that the things that she say, that she's saying are Contradictory. Now, some people will say, well, this is just one professor. This isn't the problem. This is just one person. We don't have to have to worry about this one person, Barker. I don't know why you're getting all upset. Uh, But this headline here tells us that AT&T employee training program says that white people, you are the problem. AT&T Corporation is putting its employees through a racial re-education program that teaches that American racism is a uniquely white trait. And tells people that they are the problem. Tells white people that they are the problem. According to the inter- internal documents obtained by City Journal's Christopher Rufo, the company implemented an initiative called the Listen, Understand, Act last year, uh, which is based uh, on the core principles of critical race theory, including intersectionality, systemic racism, white privilege, and white, frag- uh, white fragility. The program peddles left-wing causes, including reparations, defunding the police, and transgender activism. According to Rufo, CEO John Stanky has claimed that private corporations, including his own, have an obligation to engage on this issue of racial injustice. No, you don't. You are committing the injustice, Mr. Stanky. You are the one who is perpetrating this injustice. You are the one. You are here to provide Internet access and cell phones, a poor cell phone service, if you're asking me. Nobody wakes up in the morning. You know, I, I've never, I've never when I'm studying for a sermon, I've never when I've um, uh, studied show prep, I've never when I'm looking at uh, cultural analysis and <clears throat> social commentary, uh, never have I stopped and said, you know what, I wonder what CEO John Stanky from at t has to say about this passage of scripture. Never once have I said, oh my gosh, look at this, Psalm, Psalm 117. Two verses. What does John Stanky have to say about this? What does Verizon have to say about the imputation of Christ's righteousness? What does what does ATT and Cincinnati Bell and Spectrum and Xfinity what do they have to say uh, uh, about, the, uh, about the mystery of God's sovereignty and of election? What what is what is what do they have to say about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Never. Never have I looked at a, at a news story that is telling me, hey, look at this, uh, you know, uh, we, we have racial injustice that's happening. And I stopped. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is AT&T CEO John Stanky have to say? You know, because we really should. We should stop everything we're doing. We should stop every bit of, uh, of academic uh, study that we have. We should stop every bit of scriptural study we have. We should throw away John Calvin and uh, Dr. Hiles. We should throw away all of the research done by Fritz Springmeier and all of the books that were written by Jim Mars and Tex Mars. We should get rid of all of those because the answer lies behind the doors of AT&T and Verizon. Why aren't we looking there? A senior employee reported to Rufo that the managers at the company now face annual assessments on diversity issues and are forced to participate in discussion groups, book clubs, mentorship programs, and race re-education exercises. Race re-education exercises. Do they not see the stupidity of the term race? Do they not realize that that was started by a racist named Charles Darwin while he was trying to prove the unbiblical, illogical, unscientific theory of evolution? The theory that has still not been proven because it's false. White employees who are unwilling to admit to being complicit in white privilege and systemic racism. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
5: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? haha in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do
0: I have to say? Yes, you do. In
5: the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
5: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase
4: necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Racism can be penalized in their performance reviews. Additionally, those who refuse to sign a loyalty pledge to keep pushing for change and to set intentions, such as reading more about systemic racism and challenging others' language that is hateful, are considered racist. The employee told Rufo. The program encourages employees to read an article titled White America. If you want to know who's responsible for racism, look in the mirror. I want to look that up on uh, DuckDuckGo. The article written by Darlene Glanton says that white people, you are the problem. Regardless of how much you say you detest racism, you are the sole reason it has flourished for centuries. You, you, you white person you white person who's listening to the show right now me as a white person i have fl- i i am the sole reason that it has flourished for centuries not to mention the fact like we just talked about that other people groups other countries other nationalities also engaged in racism long before america was even here the training encourages employees to undertake oh i'm sorry it adds that american racism is a uniquely white trait And that black people can't be racist. We just talked about that. You know, they they don't believe that it is possible for anybody else to be racist except for white people. The training encourages employees to undertake a 21-day racial equity habit change that calls on employees to do action per day, do one action per day for 21 days to further their understanding of power, privilege, supremacy, oppression, and equity. It includes lessons on whiteness that teach that white supremacy is baked into our country's foundation and that whiteness is one of the biggest and most long-running scams ever perpetrated yeah it it is a it it is a long-running scam actually um i'm actually not white i'm uh, i'm i'm peach colored they say they say the challenge adds that the weaponization of whiteness creates a constant barrage of harm for minorities the challenge also recommends that employees review articles and videos that advocate for a number of progressive causes that asks employees to follow, quote, repost and retweet organizations such as the Transgender Training Institute and the National Center for Transgender Equality. What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with critical race theory? What does that have to do with white people? Transgenderism, the only group that says men, women, the only women that could be better women are men. You know, it the arch enemy of women the man, the male, the penis, is now taking over and destroying the feminist movement from the inside out. In a statement to National Review, an at and spokesperson called Rufo's report misleading and said that it was filled with misinformation and inaccuracies, including the ridiculous claim that we require employees to participate in race re-education exercises they say it's blatantly untrue. We simply provide employees with resources they can use on a voluntary basis and facilitate conversations that are important to them, our customers, and the communities we serve. Whether an employee uses these resources or not is up to them. Bull crap, and does not affect their annual performance rating. We have a long and proud history of valuing diversity, equality, and inclusion, and will continue to do, continue to do so. You can't tell me that if you're sitting in a room in a cubicle with somebody going over your annual review, and they say, "So, um, so Mr. White, racist man." Did you read any of the articles that I gave you to read? I, I saw on your Facebook and your Twitter, you didn't repost anything that was remotely um, praising the uh, CRT. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking here and, and, I, and I don't see anything that would make me think that you're more inclusive. It doesn't show here how you love homosexuals or hate yourself. It doesn't seem here that you're fighting hard enough against racism. Because of that, you were tardy last week and I'm going to fire you for that. Oh, see, this is a way for these companies to subjugate their power over people because they won't they won't allow themselves to be ruled by people with with illogical statements. All right, folks, a couple more stories before the end of this hour. We're going a lot of stuff we're going to get into next hour. I honestly didn't mean to take that much time on this. Uh, these kind of things, though, so we have to fight these things head on. We have to stand up against these these lofty arguments and, and break them down and destroy them. Uh, here, j- just so you know, the, the all of the elite, everybody, they hate humanity. This is a Luciferian a uh, 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 the center point we we see a focal point we see that Lucifer hates man because man, man is the crowning achievement of God, created him on day six. Uh, uh, Lucifer saw how much that God loved man and what he did created them uh, uh, male and female, created them in his own image, and put them in complete control over the earth to be to be fruitful to multiply to, rep- to replenish the earth. Uh, Satan tried to interrupt that bloodline in, in uh, Genesis chapter six with a Nephilim that came down, and he encouraged the angels uh, the fallen angels to do so. He wanted to pollute the bloodline to stop Jesus Christ from being born of, of true blood. And he wanted to pollute the bloodline and mutate it. The other thing was because he wanted, to that, he wanted that ability to reproduce, to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth. And what he was doing is he was trying to be fruitful and multiply and fulfill the earth in a demonic way because he is a Satan. In a demonic and satanic way. And by doing so, he was creating a mutant race of giants and of uh, cross-bred Nephilim angel, uh, demigod-type uh, creatures. He hates humanity. He hates mankind. Uh, and here we go. Here's another one of these little uh, demonic imps here. Chuck Schumer offers solution for holiday travel chaos. Uh, you know, of course, when you go to the airport, everybody's has been traveling here. You've got to have your vaccination, um, you know, you got to make sure that you're traveling with your vaccination and, uh, and, and you have your VAX card and your vaccine passport. So otherwise, you're not going to be able to leave your home state, not even going to be able to go to the airport. You're not even going to you're not even gonna be able to look at the airport unless you have your vaccine passport. But what Chucky Schumer says here, Chucky Ch- Schumer offers a solution to those TSA agents who are saying, Chuck, you Schumer, we're not going to get our VAX. He says that we should replace anti-vaxxer TSA agents with dogs. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has suggested using detection dogs as a replacement for TSA workers refusing to get the vaccine. Uh, There is no reason on God's green earth why anyone, let alone a TSA agent, shouldn't have the vaccine, the senator said at a press conference in Manhattan. If TSA lags in jabs, send in the dogs. Schumer's comments came after recent revelations that 40 percent of TSA employees remain unvaccinated in the midst of President Joe Biden's mandate. The mandate requires that all TSA employees be fully vaccinated by November 22nd the money before Thanksgiving. Now, if the agency plans with any contingencies, uh, including the deployment of the canine dog teams, wherever the vaccine rates are impacted, staffing and security, travel headaches can be avoided. Uh, Schumer explained uh, the canine teams are really effective. They can help secure national security and allow TSA agents more effectively and efficiently screen individuals for explosives. Here's the next thing. Uh, What are you going to do when those, uh, those uh, canine TSA agents refuse to get the VAX as well? We know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to send in the robots. They're going to send in the robots. They're going to send in those dogs. You've seen those dogs that are—they're—they're uh, they're like the little uh, robot dogs, little android dogs, artificial intelligence. They're dancing around like on the hot—you uh, know—the halftime show at the football game. They're dancing around with the marching band and they're kicking their feet back and forth. They're I like, got. Oh, what's up? I'm a—I'm a dancing little monster dog robot thingy. They're going to send those things in there. Uh, Why? Because they want to replace human beings, period. They want to get rid of human beings. They don't want human beings around. First, it's the dogs and then it's AI. And, and, And here we go. Here's another one. Uh, from the Epic Times, a judge refuses to halt vaccine mandate for NYPD employees, other and other city workers. A New York judge on Wednesday denied a last minute effort by the New York City's largest police unit to halt the city government's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Uh, that's supposed to go into effect starting this coming week, a decision that many send about uh, uh, was that many uh, that may send about a quarter of the force home without leave. So a quarter of the force that they're going to send home in New York City because they're trying to introduce this vaccine mandate. Richmond County Supreme Court Judge Lizette Colon, or Colon, because we know what she's putting out, uh, whose court is in Staten Island, denied the Police Benevolent Association Union's request for a temporary restraining order against the city's sweeping vaccine mandate for employees, which includes all NYPD employees. The PBA represents about 23,000 current and retired NYPD officers. Colon's ruling came just hours after hearing arguments from the lawyers. Uh, for the PBA in the city. Although the TRO request was denied, the lawsuit from the PBA will proceed after it was filed on Monday. Uh, The suit uh, seeks to have the vaccine mandate declared illegal and blocked from taking effect. Colon ordered city officials to appear in court on November 12th to defend the mandate. NYPD officers and other municipal workers who do not get their first COVID-19 vaccine dose by 5 p.m. on October 29 will be placed on unpaid leave starting November one. The new mandate replaced that was originally a requirement to take the vaccine or be tested weekly for the Chinese Communist Party virus, which causes the disease COVID-19. Here's what I would like to ask. And this is just me thinking, what's going to happen when Judge Judge Colin has an emergency and she picks up her phone? And the NYPD cannot respond because they don't have enough officers or units to go to her location. What's going to happen when they lay off first responders? And the first responders aren't going to be able to respond to car accidents. What's going to happen when they have fired or placed on unpaid leave all of the first responders? And we have emergency situations and circumstances. Because you know somewhere around, somebody is going to burn a turkey on Thanksgiving. Somebody is going to set their stove on fire with some really bad stuffing. Somebody is going to choke on a piece of of Halloween candy that they're going to get tonight while they're out tricking or treating. But nobody's going to be able to respond because they're being sent home since they don't have this, not vaccine, but a treatment from the Chinese Communist Party so that they have implanted in them nanobots technology that will cause sickness in their bodies, make them more susceptible to other sicknesses, and if they can, just kill them. I mean, here's what it is. They're telling you, we're either going to kill you with the jab, or we're going to kill you because you're not going to be able to afford anything. So you do what you want to do, but we're going to kill you. Why? Because we hate humanity. We want to see them destroyed. We want to see everybody killed. That's how Judge Colin sounds probably in the background, and I know that's how the evil elitists sound. We want to make sure everybody's destroyed because nobody's gonna make it everybody's gonna die because we hate everyone we hate human beings we hate anyone who's not one of our evil lizard people what satan loving luciferian spreading nasty disgusting folks we hate anybody who was created in the image of god all right folks <laughs> that was my halloween voice we're going to take a quick break when we get back we're going to talk about the christian impact on society a lot of news stories coming out about people who, a huge majority of people in the christian world who believe this one thing is not necessary what is that and our impact going forward on the culture so folks keep it locked in right here on the breakdown don't go trick-or-treating yet because you're going to get a lot of tricks and a lot of treats coming up
1: This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk.
7: Mojo 5-0. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. At a news conference, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says Democrats irresponsibly trying to push a vote on President Biden's social services plan.
2: We're moments away from voting on a 2,145-page bill. Advanced in the dead of night, finalized, I think finalized a few hours ago, and not one person in this body has read it.
7: With more on today's activity in the House, correspondent Bernie Bennett.
2: House Republicans began the day commenting on the House floor about the bills they were expected to vote on later in the day. Frank Keller of Pennsylvania says his constituents reject government overreach.
0: I've talked with job creators and the hardworking Pennsylvanians who go to work every day. You know what they're saying? They're saying, I don't need government telling me what's best for me and my family.
2: Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs says he thinks the president ignores border security.
0: I'm hoping this administration will make that a priority, rather than ignoring it and encouraging people to come across our border.
2: Following his remarks, Congressman Biggs motioned to adjourn the House. Bernie
7: Bennett, Washington. The House will reportedly be voting on the infrastructure bill today ahead of the Build Back Better Act. Also at townhall.com, Colin Powell, the first black secretary of state, was remembered by family and friends at Washington National Cathedral. Michael Powell says his father defined the phrase people person.
0: His zest for life derived from his endless passion for people. He was genuinely interested in everyone he met. He loved a hot dog vendor, a bank teller, a janitor, and a student as much as any world leader.
7: Powell died last month at age 84. The end of daylight saving time comes Sunday across most of the U.S. Standard Time begins at 2 a.m. local time Sunday, Set the clocks back an hour before bedtime on Saturday night. The Dow finishing up 204 points today. The Nasdaq was ahead 31. More at townhall.com.
6: At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company, much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com.
4: so very much for staying with me during that break. I calmed down just a little bit during this second hour. My wife made a comment when I went out uh, during the break there. She was like, sounds like you were getting a little worked up in there. That's exactly what she sounded like to an 80s DJ. It sounded like you were getting a little worked up in there about those hits from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I was like, well, "Well, this is a topic that kind of gets me fired up. I was explaining a little bit to her uh, about what we were discussing, and, um, you know, well, It's something that we should all be very, very aware of, and that is the culture is going to continue to barrage conservative values, uh, liberty-loving libertarian values. Um, And I I say libertarian, I fall more on that side of the aisle, I would say, than any other political ideology. Uh, And and the reason I would fall on that side is because I'm not for needless or unnecessary wars, I'm also about real fiscal responsibility. I'm about personal liberty and limited government, which conservatives and neocons today are not about. That's not what they're concerned about. But I disagree with some things that are going on in the Libertarian Party as well. I don't think that abortion should be unfettered. I don't think that it should be a right for every single person to have. Uh, I believe that, uh, that based upon the scriptures, that's where we get our identity. So Christian Libertarians, which, by the way, you can find many websites, Uh, about that, one very important website, ChristianLibertarians.com, and the Facebook group and everything. Uh, But it's there where we find the actual expression of true liberty and true values that come with the gospel of Jesus Christ, because we know that Romans chapter 13 has thrown up a lot of issues with Christians over the times, and uh, it's important for us to recognize that just because Romans chapter 13 tells us uh, to be... Uh, respectful of our government it does not mean that we should be respectful of a government that is seeking to destroy people or killing or waging wars around the world so there's a lot that goes into that but regardless I fall into that under that side but that's where the attack is being launched or it's being launched against traditional values it's being launched against conservative values to ensure that those biblical principles and those biblical values are will fall by the wayside they want to not just remove any influence that they have from society they want to crush any semblance of christianity whatsoever from society at all so it's our uh, it's our contention my contention here on the breakdown and our contention as a community of believers that are are rallying around the message of truth a message of the of the gospel and a message of real conservatism and of real liberty that it's our time to cast down or break down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And that right there is something I would like to start on uh, with this segment. I've got We've got a lot to get into in this last hour. Uh, I may have to do some type of overdrive this week with the amount of stuff I want to cover. Uh, it's, it, it is Reformation Sunday. I know that a lot of folks are going to be out there uh, trick-or-treating or doing trunk-or-treats and their kids out there dressed up uh that's that's a christian liberty issue i'm not going to necessarily tell you not to do that my my stance right now on that uh may surprise some folks but the main focus i think we should worry about or think about today uh while we're celebrating this is the fact that uh that john or martin luther nailed the the, the 95 theses on the door in wittenberg and it started there or launched an even further Um, focus on the Protestant Reformation, which brought us the uncovering, the unveiling, the unmasking, uh, removed the eclipse of the gospel, which had been there uh, because of false teachings for thousands of years uh, until that point. Without that, we would not have the free grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We would not have that gospel revealed to us in its totality like we have now. So very, very important day uh, that we celebrate there. Very grateful for that. But th- this whole thing here about bringing every thought into captivity uh, to the obedience of Christ, every th- uh, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Uh, there, there's a breaking news story that that just released. Uh, here's It's from NPR. Uh, I'm not sure if you all know this or not. Here's what Let's Go Brandon actually means and how it made its way to Congress. So NPR is publishing a story about three weeks after this happened about folks chanting Let's Go Brandon or seeing someone with a shirt that's sporting the Let's Go Brandon uh, uh, attire on there. And they have to explain NPR does to the listeners, I guess, that don't have Facebook, Twitter, Parler, Gab, or listen to Mojo Five O or The Breakdown or any other show that covers viral news stories as they happen. It says here, in this case, the phrase isn't actually supporting a guy named Brandon. <gasps> no way, in PR. Instead, it's a euphemism that may that many people in conservative circles are using in place of saying, F Joe Biden. The origins of the meme go back to October 2nd, when race car driver Brandon Brown won his first NASCAR Xfinity race and was being interviewed by NBC reporter Kelly Stavist. In the background, some in the crowd can be heard chanting, F Joe Biden. Though Stavis says, you can hear the chance from the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. She said that I, I don't know if she actually really heard them say, let's go, Brandon. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Or if she was just trying to cover up for that so that it wouldn't get censored by the FCC and then NBC get a bunch of fines. But this has really kind of taken on a life of its own. Yeah, people with shirts, uh, FBJ or FJB, uh, people with shirts, uh, people wearing shirts, let's go, Brandon, uh, Christians sporting, let's go, Brandon attire, people saying, let's go, Brandon on their websites, uh, on their, on their socials, all that. It, it, it's, it's really spreading. It's really taking hold. It's almost like, um, you know, they're, they uh, the, the, the disrespect here, uh, means nothing if you change uh, the, the phrase and change the words. Uh, so by saying this, Are we as Christians really taking every thought into captivity? Because this is exhibiting a disrespectful um, expletive towards a person. Now, do I agree with Joe Biden's policies? No, absolutely not. Do I want Joe Biden to be saved? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, I want him to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I want him to experience the, the, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ, just like I want everybody on the earth to experience the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. So, So, but for us to walk around as Christians and us to walk around preaching uh, or uh, preaching the gospel of love and preaching the gospel of kindness and grace and peace and mercy, but then to say F Joe Biden or let's go Brandon, I don't think that has a place. We need to bring every thought into captivity and uh, into the obedience of Christ. Let's compare somebody as a Christian saying, let's go, Brandon, or F. Joe Biden here. Uh, In Ephesians 4.29, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you were sealed under the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another even as god for christ's sake hath forgiven you does that sound like the attitude that people have when they say let's go brandon do you think that we are we are exhibiting communication that is not corrupt do you think that out of the the just as jesus said out of the abundance of the of the heart the mouth speaketh so out of the abundance of the heart, our mouths are saying words. Now, we, we really do mean F. Joe Biden when we're saying, let's go, Brandon. And people are, may say, well, that's exactly what we want to say. But the Bible here is telling us that this type of corrupt communication does not glorify or edify God. Just imagine, it, just, just imagine you're trying to win somebody to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're trying to win somebody to, to the saving knowledge of God through Jesus and you use things like F Joe Biden or let's go Brandon or you uh, run out there and start calling people uh, you know uh, derogatory terms for homosexuals uh, you start using phrases and terms. And, and of course, the, the, this is something I have to assess myself as I'm sitting here talking. I'm thinking, am I doing this here? Is this, is this stuff happening in the back of my mind as well? Uh, am I doing these things? Am I being hypocritical with this? But uh, And I'm sure that I am. We all have a matter of hypocrisy that comes uh, in, in our lives. So it, it's always good to reevaluate what we're doing and how we're thinking and what we're saying, and, and, et cetera. All of these things have to be considered. Uh, when, especially when we're looking at the application of the scriptures to our hearts and to our minds, you know, and, and I wonder here, what if we were to win somebody, what if somebody were to be saved through the gospel of Jesus Christ and come into the fold and come to our church or come to our small group study, would we be making someone twice the son of hell? Because when they come there, they're bringing all of this anger, all of this malice, all of this vitriol. That's something to think about because more is caught than taught folks. We don't
1: care what you stick where, but we're not paying for it. Comprende
4: Mojo 50. Let's face it, trying to build your own website can be a frustrating task. But you can't have a company, church, nonprofit, or business without a web presence. That's where SiteFX comes in. SiteFX provides complete website creation from a simple blog style to template-based sites. SiteFX can even give you absolute customization services, bringing your vision to digital life. Even if you already have a website, there's always room for growth. SiteFX has 15 years of experience staying in tune with the current web trends, add-ons, designs, and coding updates. SiteFX even offers comprehensive social media management to assist with your difficult schedule. Don't spend another valuable minute worrying about your web presence. Let SiteFX help you take your business to the next level. Visit them on the web at That's SiteFX.org. That's S-I-T-E-F-X dot org. Or call 859-905-0016. That's 859-905-0016. 859-905-0016. SiteFX, your life with an electronic edge. They coming back all self righteous Barker in there teaching all this stuff, saying that we're not allowed to use a, a f Joe Biden or f, uh, f, uh, let's go Brandon, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? What I'm trying to say here, folks, is that we need to reassess how we deal with the culture and how we engage it and how we bring the gospel into conflict with it. There, there is room sometimes for for hard language, caustic language, absolutely. When you're correcting somebody, uh, there is use sometimes for uh, for sarcasm as well. Thank goodness for that. It's my spiritual gift. I. I, my currency is sarcasm, but, the, but we have to consider as we're looking at the scriptures, what is the attitude of a Christian in everyday life as we're confronting the culture and as we're bringing the knowledge of the gospel of truth to them? We cannot expect to, to not follow the scriptures when it comes to how we conduct ourselves in everyday life and expect the godly results that we're seeking. We are supposed to, even though we're saved by the free grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though that you're saved from the moment you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ until the moment you pass over to eternity, there's no time when you are not a Christian. You're saved completely and held by the power of God. As it says here, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Even though your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, that does not mean that we can act however we want to. The Bible is very clear here. Our words are supposed to be edifying to people. All right. Our words are supposed to be loving and kind and generous to people. We're supposed to minister grace to the hearers while we do these things, because if we don't do these things, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. We're actually we're actually grieving the Holy Spirit of God when we treat other human beings created a Mago Day in this same way. And then in verse 31 here in Ephesians, it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. This is an interesting part here. You be put away from you with all malice. Now, are we saying here, is the text here saying, well, let's go back here first before we get too far into this. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you is the text here in Ephesians 4.29. This is giving us a list. We're not supposed to be bitter. We're not supposed to be upset. We're not supposed to be full of wrath. We're not supposed to be full of anger. Now, there is a time for righteous indignation. There is a time when we are supposed to be, we're supposed to have a righteous indignation towards those who blaspheme the name of God, those who carry the name of Jesus Christ but don't live a life that glorifies him, those people who use real blasphemy where they take the Lord's name in vain. We can have righteous indignation Uh, when we have uh, folks that are refusing, like we had in Romans chapter one. Those people who are reprobates, who turn their backs and their hearts and their minds against Jesus Christ, we're to have righteous indignation when they call out saying that God is unjust or unfair, because we know that that's not true. So, we can't be, we, we're allowed to have righteous indignation, but we're not supposed to be constantly bitter and angry that every time something comes up, oh, I remember when uh, Sister McGillicuddy stole my seat back in 1972, or even I remember when her her grandson went joyriding in my brand new truck. Oh, I remember when uh uh, uh, uh the uh, brother McMackinugan, Uh, His uh, his son went and had uh, had marital relations with my granddaughter, whatever it is, whatever you want to hold against somebody, whatever bitterness you have, you know, bitterness is that thing which just affects absolutely everything in your life. You know, the examples I gave just a moment ago are more about holding grudges, but that still makes everything bitter. You take just a little bit of a bitter seasoning and you put it on some food and the entire food, the entire dish is now ruined because bitterness pervades everything in there. You become cynical when you have bitterness. You become angry easily. Your fuse is so short. You you have a tendency to not find joy or peace in anything or happiness. You tend to fall towards the anger and the wrath portion of life rather than falling toward the joyful and the peaceful side of life because bitterness pervades everything. And the same thing with wrath. The same thing with clamor, this, this outcry, this tumult. We're supposed to put that away, our evil speaking. We're supposed to put it away from us. But the interesting thing about this is how the text says you're supposed to put it away from you with all malice. Now, does that mean that you're supposed to put it away from you so that or along with malice? Or is it telling us that we're supposed to put it away from us using the malice, the hatred towards the sin that we're supposed to have? Are we supposed to use the this this? this hatred towards sin to get it away. I am going to push this away from me with such hatred for this sin. That's how we're supposed to eschew it. And then it tells us to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ's sake has forgiven you. That last text sums this entire thing up. Kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And the kicker is because people will use an excuse. All right, well I'm going to be nice to them. I'm going to be nice because you know they that they're their fellow Christian or I'm going to be nice to them because I want to see them saved. And then you 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 may be you may be empathetic towards them and say, "Oh, you know, well there's somebody in their family sick, so I'm going to provide them some kind of food or I'm going to bring them a dish or I'm I'm going to do something for them." And then forgiving one another. Oh, I, I forgive you. It's fine. I forgive you. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't bring it up. I, I forgive you even though you destroyed my car. It's, it's okay. I totally forgive you even though you threw me under the bus in front of the boss. It's okay. I forgive you even though my kids don't think I'm a man anymore. I, it's all right. I forgive you. But the kicker to this, we can have this faux kindness. We can have this faux tenderheartedness. We can have this faux forgiveness for one another. But then the kicker of this verse is the last part where it says, Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So just the same way that your murmurings, complainings, bitterness, wrath, hatred, blasphemy, dishonoring of God, adultery with your eyes, murder with your heart, failure to observe the the Holy Sabbath days, the uh, making gods unto yourself and creating idols in your heart and worshiping those above God, the same way that you're, uh, bring, you're bra- uh, bringing God's name or uh, shame when you take his name in vain by living a life that doesn't glorify him, when you covet other people's things, the same way that God for has forgiven you, that's how you forgive other people. <laughs> now, isn't that... Isn't that a scandal? Isn't that the that's the scandal of the gospel? You are supposed to forgive people the same way that Jesus Christ forgave you, you wretched vile sinner. And I'm, I'm pointing at a mirror when I say that. I'm supposed to love people and be tender hearted towards people and forgiving other people and be kind to them the same way that Jesus Christ was kind and tender hearted and forgave me. And this is the extent to which God forgave you. God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were sinning against God, while you were having an affair, while you were using, let's go Brandon, F Joe Biden, while you were using hatred to bring about your desired political ends, while you had corrupt communication proceeding out of your mouth, while you had bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, While you were taking the Ten Commandments, snapping each one of them in half and throwing them in the garbage, while you were trampling underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ, which was shed to forgive you for sins, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. That is the love. That is the love that Jesus Christ has for us. Not only is that the love that Jesus Christ has for us, but that is the same love that we are supposed to have for other people. Do you see that? So we can get angry, we can get passionate. I mean, the last hour, I'm very passionate about the the inability of folks to see their blatant hypocrisy. Uh, I I'm I'm very passionate about the the fact that we are seeing reverse racism happen before us. We're seeing. The origins of the reverse KKK happen right now in that all the ills of society are being placed upon a person because of their skin color. I see that and it makes me angry because that is, a, that is a mischaracterization of the true problem and it is a refusal to submit, to bow the knee to Jesus Christ. We can be passionate, but did you hear, go back and listen to that show, did you hear me say one thing about her looks, the way that she spoke? what clothes she was wearing, where she came from. I didn't attack her character. I didn't attack her person. I attacked her ideas. That's where we need to send the attack. It's great to have salacious things to get listeners or to sell products or to get people to pay attention to you. I, I, I understand that desire. I, I have that desire. What ways can I get people to listen to my show? What ways can I get people to hear? But I can't ever go to a point of letting corrupt communication proceed from my mouth so that I can gain listeners because I don't want to gain the whole world yet lose my own soul so folks think about that this week I've spent a lot of time on this more time than I had anticipated on this but the these these passages of scripture when you break down a passage of scripture like that and you take four verses you you can squeeze so much out of there So much beauty of the gospel comes out of these passages because it all points back to Jesus Christ. How are you, What? where would you be if Jesus didn't save you? Where would you be if the Holy Spirit didn't make you alive in Jesus Christ and bring you to the knowledge of your sin and to the knowledge of God's goodness and greatness and kindness in Jesus? Where would you be? So think about that. We have people who don't know That saving grace. Shouldn't we be the ones to show them as much as we can and point them as long as we can towards the gospel of Jesus Christ because the days are short, the time is short. The moments that we have here are waning. We spend the final moments here on this earth before Christ comes back and completely uh, renews and regenerates everything and then makes this into his kingdom. Shouldn't we spend as much time as we possibly can pointing people to the one that glorifies and honors jesus all right folks we're going to take a quick break here when we get back we're going to get into some other situations some other occurrences and other christian news as well as some interesting things happening on january 6th we'll talk about that soon right here on the breakdown mojo 5 is the website to go to breakdradio.com also is the website to go to so go there and i will see you on the other side of this break
0: Waiting for your right to be wrong. Mojo50. Mojo50solar.com. That's the website to find out how much you could save by adding a solar package to your home or business. Go to mojo50solar.com, they'll connect you with the patriots over at Patriot Energy and they can do a custom package. They can take all of the factors involved in your specific your unique case where you are How many hours of sunlight you get on average, you know, the amount of electricity that you use. They can magically whip it up in their little uh, solar blender and they will come out with a figure that uh, you can decide, hey, I like this. This uh, makes sense to me. I could save some money on my electric bill every month. And the great news is that in uh, a lot of cases, you'll even end up getting money back from your electricity provider. The only way you'll know is to go to Mojo50Solar.com. Don't wait, do it today, mojo50solar.com.
4: Welcome back to The Breakdown, folks. You know, there's there's nothing like watching the world try to do everything they absolutely can to not use something because Donald Trump liked it. NPR is coming out with a story. It was released on October 28th. headlined uh, headline, a cheap antidepressant is showing promise treating COVID-19 in high-risk adults. They there was a smear campaign. I'm not sure if anybody saw this. There was a smear campaign against Joe Rogan after Dr. Sanjay Gupta appeared on his show. And it was through this uh, this uh, uh, CNN that you had a completed and it was other news networks as well that attacked Joe Rogan because he used ivermectin for the treatment and it was prescribed by his doctor. He used it as followed. He also I'm not sure if he was. I think he is vaccinated. I'm not sure. But regardless he used ivermectin that was prescribed by a doctor who also prescribed that to over 200 people. Um, I think it was members of Congress. I can't remember. But regardless, they, they, there was a smear campaign launched against them, against a Nobel Prize winning medicine, whom do, which, uh, which doctors have said is the safest, most effective medication, that, uh, one of the safest and most effective medications that they've used. Ivermectin. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV. So the use of that is is uh, compared to other medications. Okay, I I I can listen to doctors. I can take in all the information. I'm going to make a wise decision based on the information I have and based on prayer. I, I'm God, that's what I'm going to do. But then I look at this and I see that a cheap, not even a high quality, a cheap antidepressant drug is showing promise, treating COVID nineteen in high risk adults. So here, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make sure. That you're okay from COVID nineteen, you're no longer a high risk because now you have, you've received COVID you you've received a medication to help you out with COVID nineteen, when you're a high risk. So, so you might not die from the, uh, uh from the effects of COVID nineteen and the filling of your lungs with, uh, with the uh, the cytokine uh, storm, which you know, fills your lungs with the mucus. You might not die from the m- pneumonia. You might not die from the low oxygen levels. But when you make it through, you're going to have suicidal thoughts. <laughs> You're going to be prone to grabbing some type of, quotey fingers, military-style weapon and going on a shooting spree. But, you know, it's okay because you made it through COVID-19. We can deal with a couple of suicidal psychotics. I mean, why not? It's better than having a bunch of dead old people, right? (laughs) The links that they would go to simply not to use this drug that uh, Donald Trump uh, so adamantly supported, and So many Trump supporters adamantly supported as well. A little bit of J- January 6th news. This January 6th uh, was a false flag event. Uh, it was a it was a false flag event. It was led by Black Lives Matter, Antifa and then government provocateur agents plotted and set within the or within the crowds there to push people towards the Capitol. Now, what happened once all of these patriots or once all of these, so they call themselves patriots, you know, and I'm I'm not going to say that they're not, got into the Capitol is absolutely nothing. All right. They, they, were, they were whipping everybody into frenzy. They were pushing people towards the Capitol. They wanted a complete storming of the Capitol. They wanted them to storm the Congress. They wanted them to make sure there was damage and carnage and destruction. And then what happened is you watch the videos is that these Americans, as they got into the Capitol, they stayed Virtually everyone stayed within the red ropes and on the carpet, and were walking through, taking pictures like they were on some kind of tour. So, th- so that that backfired in their eyes. But this week, it was re- uh, we have some some new revelation, some new news uh, that Ray Epps, a Fed protected provocateur who appears to have led the very first one uh, six attack on the U.S. Capitol, is now being brought up. Uh, in Congress. Uh, Thomas Massey, as a matter of fact, is bringing him up. I'm going to play a little clip from him as he is questioning Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. Here you go. Should be. There's a concern that there were
8: agents of the government or assets of the government present on January 5th and January 6th uh, during the protests. And uh, I've got some pictures that I want to show you. If the uh, my staff could bring those to you.
4: Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Thomas Massey is actually holding up a tablet uh, and on this tablet is the the clips that I'm about to show you right now if you're watching the the, the stream here uh, or if you're listening to the program. Uh, this, the, the, what I'm about to play is the video clips of this guy Ray Epps that Thomas Massey was displaying. Uh, during his question on a tablet, so here you go. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol.
7: Tomorrow.
4: I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested.
1: Did the you Capitol. hear
4: that? tomorrow? At the end of what that guy said, there, uh, there was somebody that screamed, "What? Like what, what? What are you talking about?" And here's here's a continued clip.
7: I don't even like to say it cuz I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say we it. We need we Let need to go it. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in shut the fuck up boomer. To the Capitol. Okay. No speaking.
2: We are going to the Capitol Where our problems are. It's that direction.
4: So just to let you know, this guy is wearing a a red Donald Trump hat and blazing Donald Trump hat. He's looking at people while they're filming him. He was a former Marine as well, and he's wearing the fatigues that you would normally see Navy SEALs wearing with the, the full tan, uh, the, the torso section, and then the the digi camo on the arms like the digital camo, and he's looking right at the camera and he's telling people he's trying to get them to go into the Capitol. That's what he keeps saying here. And I apologize, I didn't hear the expletive on that on that last video there until we were watching this, so I, I apologize. Spread the word. All right, no, okay, Dave, but one more thing.
1: Yeah, so can we go up there? No?
4: When we go in... Are we going to get arrested when we go up year. there?
6: Yeah, you don't need to get Could shot.
1: you arrest us all?
4: Now, in this video right here, This is right before they break into, uh, right before the fences were pushed down, and this Epps guy walks up to somebody wearing a red MAGA hat, and he whispers something in his ear, puts his hand on his shoulder, and he whispers something in his ear, and then he watches as they push this, and he's behind them. He's not necessarily touching anything or pushing anything, but he's behind them, and he's just continually whispering in their ears like some kind of serpent, telling them what to do and where to go. This is what Thomas Massey is playing on his Question here as he questions Merrick Garland. So uh, we'll try to get just a little bit beyond that. Um, uh, some chants that were there as well, saying we go to the Capitol. Here's Tom, the rest of Thomas Massey's questions. Up, the in,
8: in January, and they're captioned. Uh, they were from January 5th and January 6th. As far as we can determine, the individual who was saying he'll probably go to jail, he'll probably be arrested, but he wants every, but they need to go into the Capitol the next day, is then the next day directing people to the Capitol. And as far as we can find, this individual has not been charged with anything. You said this is one of the most sweeping investigations in history. Uh, have you seen that video or those frames from that video? So as I um, uh, said at the outset, uh, one of the norms of the Justice Department is to not comment on impending investigations. And particularly not to comment about uh, particular scenes or particular individuals. Okay, without, I was hoping today to give you an opportunity to put to rest The concerns that people have that there were federal agents or assets of the federal government present on January 5th and January 6th. Can you tell us without talking about particular incidents or particular videos, how many agents or assets of the federal government were present on January 6th, whether they agitated to go into the Capitol and if any of them did? So I'm not going to violate this norm of uh,
4: of, of uh, the rule of law. I'm not going to comment on an investigation that's ongoing. Oh my gosh! What a cheap, cheap, cheap statement that Merrick Garland said there. Merrick Garland is a snake uh, of the 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 highest uh, accord here. He is hiding and covering up for the government and that this is a very very th- this is one of those situations where where folks that were paying attention on 911 I was about 5 years after 911 happened I started paying attention and reading news stories and a lot of the things began uh, opening my eyes began to be open to a lot of what was going on this is the kind of stuff that people overlook there are agent provocateurs. There are folks within the federal government, and these people within the federal government are actually going out to these, to these rallies, and they're they are really inciting people to commit violence. And even though, even though the people who listen, even though people who do these are still just as, um, well, just as responsible for their own actions, we still see that there is an issue, a problem, Ladies and gentlemen, with the fact that the the agent provocateurs are causing false flag events. So Thomas Massey has a, a great amount of courage to bring this up here, because what he's asking for is, is whether or not this man, Ray Epps, in this sweeping investigation has been arrested. All right. OK, well, you can't comment on that. So let me ask you this question. Is were there age provocateurs there that day to incite people to enter the Capitol? And did they themselves enter into the Capitol? and G- Garland would not answer the question. Uh, Revolver reports here there's a good reason why A.G. Garland ran for Massey's question faster than he can find words and why he couldn't even keep eye contact as he was dodging his ga- Massey, Massey's gauge. After months of research, Revolver's investigative reporting team can now reveal that Ray Epps appears to be among the primary orchestrators of the very first breach of the Capitol's police barricades on twelve uh, at 12.50 p.m. on January 6th. Epps appears to have led the breach team that committed the very first illegal acts on that fateful day. What's more, Epps and his breach team did all their dirty work within 10 minutes still remaining in President Trump's National Mall speech and with the vast majority of Trump supporters still 30 minutes away from the Capitol. Secondly, Revolver also determined and will prove below that the FBI stealthily removed Ray Epps from its Capital Violence Most Wanted list on July 1, just one day after Revolver exposed the inexplicable and puzzlesome FBI protection of known Epps' associate and Oath Keepers leader Stuart Rhodes. July 1... Oh, that's uh, disheartening, isn't it? You didn't expect to hear that. July 1 was also just one day after that separate New York Times report amplified a glaring falsifiable lie about Epps' role in the events of January 6. Lastly, Ray Epps appears to have worked alongside several individuals, many of them suspiciously unindicted, to carry out a breach of the police barricades that uh, that induced a subsequent flood of unsuspecting MAGA protesters to unwittingly trespass on capital restricted grounds and place themselves in legal jeopardy. So as we look through, Ray Epps is, uh, appears to be a Marine. He appears to be an outdoorsman. He also appears to be a person that is a, an avid hunter. Uh, so th- this is a person that fits the persona of the neocon uh, type, uh, the archetype, the neocon archetype of folks who would willingly break known laws in order to make sure certain administrations or make sure the government advances its agenda because they care more about the government than they do about the people they're involved with. As we read this story, and I'll post this up in the news comments as well, the FBI was looking for Ray Epps, but then all of a sudden they no longer are searching for Ray Epps. The source video that was provided here still isn't looking for Ray Epps. They are no longer in uh, uh looking for him why because they had to they had to post this and they had to show that this is what th- that this is who they're looking for this is what they're going to do these are all the people that we're trying to find and then it just kind of falls by the wayside and then the other people that were kind of uh, uh subsequently involved in this those would be the ones that would take the fall those would be the ones who would take the blame the same way that on 9-11 the terrorists took the fall and took the blame and while that gave carte blanche To our federal government, to our military, to be authorized to go into countries that had nothing to do with 9-11 and with 9-11 attacks. Why were we in Iraq? All weapons of mass destruction. Those weapons of mass destruction didn't impact us on 9-11. W wanted to finish what his daddy started. But here, folks, this is incontrovertible evidence that more is going on behind the backgrounds. More is going on behind the scenes than what is being shown to us. And we're being told that it was these Americans, these MAGA lovers, these uh, Trump supporters that went into the Capitol and breached it. When in all actuality, they were being led by a government placed provocateur, trying to get them into trouble, trying to cause a, a false flag event to make it seem like they were the like, like they're the dangerous people. Now, what does that do, though? How does that help people? How does that help things up? Well, that th- th- this is what it does. The same person who's in charge of uh, of the of this the attorney general the same person who's in charge of prosecuting those people who uh, who uh, are these horrible egregious lawbreakers because they went on to property that the american public owns is the same kind of person who writes a letter saying that parents are domestic terrorists because they want to stand up against mask mandates vaccine mandates and the teaching of crt in schools and he defends it as well the the letter is saying there was a letter that was written that parents are domestic terrorists by the nsba And Merrick Garland, even though the NSBA released another letter saying, well, we're really sorry we called you terrorists, a bunch of terrorists, Merrick Garland still stands behind the merits of that letter by saying that it is completely appropriate, that they're just trying to protect school workers. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland headed back to Capitol Hill on Wednesday to face angered lawmakers who questioned him about the politicization of the Department of Justice. Garland refused to recant a memo in which he called CRT and LGBT concerned parents as domestic terrorists. That very same memo had him call upon the FBI to investigate parents who opposed critical race theory and transgender policies in public classrooms. He said, I I don't believe it's reasonable to read this memorandum as chilling anyone's rights, Garland said in a response to GOP lawmakers on Wednesday. It's about threats of violence, and it's expressly recognized, uh, recognizes the constitutional right to make arguments about your children's education. This was Garland's Garland's response when Republican Senator John Cornyn asked him if he ever considered the chilling effect that the attorney general's threat a federal prosecution would have on parents exercise of their constitutional rights to be involved in their child's education. Garland's controversial memo came at the heels of National School Board Association's letter to President Biden lamenting about their safety in the face of angered parents who oppose critical race theory and transgender policies. The letter sought the federal government's protection against what they believed were domestic terrorists. Parents who cared about their children's education and indoctrination, the NSBA has since apologized for overreacting. Garland, however, does not appear to be interested in apologizing for his memo. So here, the same guy who's in charge of prosecuting people who supposedly broke the law on January 6th is the same person that's telling the FBI to investigate parents who don't agree with critical race theory and with transgender LGBT curriculum in schools. This is the same perversion that they're trying to push by showing us that it's okay for teachers to tell our children that they can be whatever gender they want to. It's okay for protections to be about a, a boy who wears a dress so he can go into a girl's bathroom and rape a girl, which is, by the way. The case that launched this entire thing, this gentleman, uh, a a father, was uh, enraged because his daughter was raped by a boy wearing a dress. The LGBT transgender movement wasn't even a consideration in this. It wasn't even brought up. The fact his daughter was raped in a bathroom, that was the problem. That's what he was trying to fix, but instead they went after him, calling him a domestic terrorist. This is what A.G. Garland is telling us. This is, what, this is why the, the false flag, January 6th, false flag. This is how it seeps into other portions of society. This is how it brings itself into other places and other facets of society because they can push this anywhere they want simply by claiming a fear that Trump supporters are somehow dangerous and domestic terrorists. That's what we're being faced with right now, folks. All right. Now, okay. let's get to some other things here before the end of the show today. Uh, Just uh, just by way of mention, it was really interesting that uh, Franklin Graham recently came out and said that uh, that Democrats were all about taking your money and giving it back to people who don't work. Franklin Graham has been a lot more controversial when it comes to politics than his father, Billy Graham, who really took no stances or political uh, positions on anything during his time. He met with all kinds of presidents, both Democrat, Republic, Liberal, Conservative. Uh, Throughout his time, he even met with the Pope and other religious leaders throughout the world. Uh, Franklin Graham is in no way like that. He is not as diplomatic at his father. Uh, But what he's saying is the mentality of work for Americans uh, is being changed and being distorted. And now that every business is trying to hire people people, but can't find enough, so many people no longer want to work. What has happened in just two short years? And he said the coronavirus had an impact, but political mismanagement has dealt a debilitating blow with things such as repeated stimulus payments and giveaway packages that encourage people not to work. He then went on to say that Democrats seem to know how to tax your money and give it to people as an incentive not to work. Now, a lot of folks got angry at this because although that's not what's happening, they're not getting angry over what they That's not what's occurring. But then, interestingly enough, we had this week a, a story that uh, that broke that the White House is now in talks to pay millions to families separated at border at the border. That's right. per person is to go to immigrant families separated at the border. The Biden administration is discussing paying out hundreds of millions of dollars to illegal immigrant families who were separated at the U.S.-Mexico border under the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy in 2018. According to the journal, Wall Street Journal, the Departments of Justice, Homeland Security, and Health and Human Services are considering the payments in order to settle lawsuits filed by the American Civil Liberties Union and others on behalf of families who crossed to the U.S. from Mexico illegally to seek asylum. The paper reports that the average demand in each lawsuit adds up to approximately $3.4 million per family, while the settlement offer being mooted by the Biden administration amounts to around $450,000 per person, close to $1 million per family. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? Much can be said about our immigration. Much can be said about how we're supposed to deal with this and confront this in a biblical way and how we're supposed to treat immigrants as they come across here uh, and into our country, whether or not we should deem them illegal automatically, whether or not the the government has any say-so and who comes across the border or whether or not the government is just simply supposed to deal with naturalization, which is what the Constitution says, or whether or not, they have the authority to pay these hundreds of millions of dollars to folks. $450,000 per person. That's almost a million dollars per family because they were separated from their family here. What about Operation CPS? What about Zef and I? We had We had Operation CPS on the show on a Freaky Friday a couple of months back. Are those families going to receive $450,000 because CPS took them away from their parents? Are are, are the kids in the United States of America going to receive that type of of reprieve? Are they going to receive some type of, uh, of settlement or some type of help? No, because the Democrats want to bring these people into the country, and they only want to use them as pawns in the political spectrum. That is all. They want nothing. They want nothing to do with actual kindness towards these people. This isn't empathy. This is fake, false, faux empathy. This is not legit, and it is not real. All right, folks, there are 70% of born-again Christians do not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Isn't that amazing? 70% of born-again Christians do not see Jesus as the only way. Uh, A new poll has revealed, and and, and this, it really shouldn't shock us. When we look at what we talked about previously, um, when, when we look at the, the the F. Joe Biden and the Let's Go Brandon, when we look at that, do churches really have born-again Christians in them? Nearly 70% of born-again Christians say other religions can lead to heaven. Uh, nearly 70% of born-again Christians disagree with the biblical position that Jesus is the only way to God. According to a new survey from Probe Ministries, a nonprofit that seeks to help the church in renewing the minds of believers with a Christian worldview The survey, which looked at religious beliefs and attitudes toward cultural behaviors, pulled 3,106 Americans ages 18 to 55, including 717 respondents who identified as born-again Christians. Born-again respondents were identified based on their affirmative response to the question, have you ever made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ that is still important in your life today? They were also identified by their belief that what happens after they die, born-again believers agree that I will go to heaven because I confessed my sins and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Despite this claim by the self-identified born-again Christians in the study, however, among all respondents age 18 to 39 who profess an affiliation with some religion, fewer than one out of five of them strongly disagree with the statement that Muhammad, Buddha, and Jesus all taught valid ways to God. Still, some 60% of this cohort said they shared their faith with someone else at least annually. Oh my goodness, they got the next generation of Billy Grahams here sharing their faith at least annually with the intent of converting them. If you think that there are multiple ways to heaven, why would you want to go out of your way to convert someone to your religion? Of course, you could be sharing with an unaffiliated person who needs to choose a valid religion, noted Steve Cable, senior vice president of Probe Ministries, in his analysis of the data. Uh, the survey also found that among the top reasons given by born-again Christians for not telling others about their faith is the acceptance of pluralism. When asked why they don't share their beliefs with others, born-again respondents chose they can go they can get to heaven through their different religious belief. We shouldn't impose our ideas on others, and the Bible tells us not to judge others as... Uh, sorry, I lost my place here. The Bible tells us not to judge others as their top three responses. So there you go, folks. We're not seeing an increase in the true gospel being preached because people don't actually believe in the true gospel. Why in the world would they believe in the true gospel? Why in the world would they tell people about the true gospel of Jesus Christ if, in fact, they didn't even believe in the true gospel of Jesus Christ? Actually, that story should have waited until this next phase, but now it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to explore the craziness which happens around the world. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is a segment of the program where we scour the internet, finding the things that make us say what the foxtrot. Uh, Here, very interestingly, we'll start with a little bit of media news. Uh, Dave Grohl discusses the Nevermind Baby lawsuit. If you've ever heard of this album by uh, Nirvana, it's one of the biggest albums that came out in the 1990s. Uh, Nirvana's album was the... Well, it was the uh, the pinnacle of grunge rock and the little baby on the front, who unfortunately had himself exposed while he was uh, doing this, uh, decided that 30 years later, he would sue uh, never mind. I Sue uh, the members of Nirvana, which include now Dave Grohl, well, and Chris Novoselic, which really aren't part of Nirvana anymore. Dave Grohl is now playing for Foo Fighters. Interestingly enough, this young man had nothing to do with this store, with this, uh, uh with this uh, lawsuit for the early, the longest time. He received, uh, he did like a 20th anniversary, a 25th anniversary photo shoot where he uh, redid the picture. Only he was wearing shorts at the time. Uh, but he's suing them right now. Uh, the the members saying that he was exposed to child pornography and wants uh, to be paid for his troubles. Uh, but Dave Grohl simply says, hey, and this kid does right across the middle of his chest, have never mind the album name tattooed. And Dave Grohl says, hey, this kid has a tattoo of Nevermind. I don't. That shows you the level of this young man uh, and what he uh, <laughs> what he will go to to try to get some money in the culture as well. Uh, another story here, uh, This th- this is a really crazy one also that makes you just go, Twix, why are you doing this? This is a story about a Twix commercial where uh, a, a witch, where a new nanny shows up to pick up a little boy. A little boy is dressed in a princess outfit, and uh, he decides that he wants to go to the park. Well, this witch, while they're at the park, the boy starts being uh, starts getting made fun of. Uh, the boy who is in this princess dress says, I feel comfortable wearing this. So the witch makes some kind of spell happen and blows the little kid that's making fun of the princess boy away just like with like literally with a wind and blows him away. the boy asks, is he ever going to come back and she's like well probably so it's okay to cause harm it's okay to hurt people if they if they don't like the way you dress so the the, the odd thing that I have about this particular uh, story here though is the little boy wanted to look like a princess he wanted to look like a girl So when someone else pointed out that he actually did look like a girl, why was there a problem with that? That's what he wants. What the foxtrot, the the hypocrisy that occurs between the two of these things is absolutely insane. Do you want to look like a little girl? Because if you want to look like a little girl, that's why you're dressing like a little girl. Which, by the way, is you embracing societal constructs, saying that little girls wear princess outfits. So aren't you embracing the same societal constructs you think that you're fighting against? What the foxtrot? Another story here, and this will be the end of it for us today. Florida Elementary School takes kids to a gay bar for a field trip. Uh, your little boy, your little girl comes in. They decide they want to go on the field trip with uh, with their school. You say, yes, that's fine. You sign the field. You sign the permission slip. And then what happens is they take them to an actual LGBTQ bar and let them see the nightlife, the style, the things that happen there. We're talking about kindergarten, right? We're talking about little kids in elementary school here being taken to a gay bar so that they can see how the other side lives and embrace diversity, embrace transversity, embrace all of these different versities and all of these different tolerance levels. But heaven forbid these people ever take a field trip to a church. How Heaven forbid they ever take a field trip to a religiously sponsored uh, uh, organization or a religiously sponsored field trip where the gospel is displayed, because if you want to see how the other half lives, if you really want to be exposed to the. Uh, to the to the depths of uh, of tolerance and to the depths of love, shouldn't you be exposing these children to the very things that the other side does as well? Shouldn't they see also the awesome things and the great things that Christians have contributed to society? Or are you too afraid that they'll actually be a part of society and, and by being part of society and seeing the influence of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that these folks will actually, that these children will actually make a profession of faith, and actually potentially trust in Jesus Christ as well. What the foxtrot are these people thinking? Your kids, your elementary school kids are being taken on a field trip to a gay bar. What would you do, Mom? What would you do, Dad, if you saw them uh, or heard that they were going on a field trip to a gay bar? All right, folks, that's it for us today. Go out and enjoy your Reformation Day. Eat plenty of candy. And until next time, make Christ supremely valued.